fact, I've titled the message today, Remember the Reward. Would you say that with me? Remember the Reward. I know that we are in tough times here in these United States and around the world, but you hadn't seen nothing yet. Let me just be not a prophet of doom, but just a reality check for you. Difficult times are promised. Jesus actually said, in this life you'll have trouble, but take heart, he said, because I've overcome the world. And so today, with my message, I want to encourage you. I want to strengthen you. I want to coach you and teach you a little bit about a principle about rewards. If you got your Bibles, turn with me quickly to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. And this is going to be our key scripture for today, and I hope that you grab a hold to it. In fact, I'm going to read so much Bible that you're going to think you went to church today, all right? So in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him the scriptures tell us clearly that it's impossible to please God without faith in fact it qualifies the rest of that verse qualifies what pleasing faith looks like pleasing faith looks like this number one that you believe that God exists how many believe God exists that you believe he exists. Okay, so therefore, if you believe God exists, then you have to submit to the fact that he wrote a holy Bible for you, and in that holy Bible gave you instructions on how to live his way. So that's what faith is, is that first and foremost, the faith that's pleasing to God says that, you know what, I believe that he exists, and so whatever he says, I do it because he's God. And then it qualifies a second pleasing faith, if you will. Look at it with me. And that is that he rewards those who earnestly seek him I want to encourage you today there's a reward waiting for every sacrifice that you've made for every difficult time you've gone through for every time you smiled instead of curse somebody back every time you got on your knees and said God I don't know how to do this but I'm gonna give myself to you and trust you in this every time you brought your tithe before the Lord every time you gave a glass of water to somebody who was thirsty every time you obeyed the Holy Scripture there is a reward for you who are faithful you say, oh, I don't know much about that. Well, let me just bring you through some scriptures today. Look what Psalms 62 and 11 says. One thing God has spoken. Two things I have heard that you, O God, are strong and that you, O Lord, are loving. Surely you will reward each person according to what he has done. Proverbs 11, 18. The wicked man earns deceptive wages, but he who sows righteous reaps a sure reward. Proverbs 19, 17. He who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he will reward him for what he's done. Matthew 5 and 11. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Matthew 6 and 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on this earth where moth and rust destroy, but oh, and where thieves break in and steal. Verse 20. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves cannot break in and steal. Matthew 19, 29. And anyone who gives up his home, brothers, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, or property to follow me shall receive a hundred times as much in return and shall have eternal life. I need you to understand something. There is a reward for being righteous. There's a reward for serving God. There's a reward. He is storing up riches in heaven every time you obey, every time you walk uprightly, every time instead of lying and cheating and stealing like your old man used to do in your old ways, every time there is a reward. Let me tell you something. Every time they were in in that gym pumping those things they were thinking about are we going to get a trophy 
Every time they were in there practicing together and learning how to work with each other and, go, and giving uh, kindness to one another when they got frustrated with each other, these rangers were learning a truth, and that is there's a reward at the end of every sacrifice. I need you to understand something, Christian. There are rewards waiting for you in heaven. There are rewards not only in the life to come, but also in this life if you will be, be faithful and consistent. And I know sometimes you look up and you go, oh, God, oh, God. David said it like this, oh, God. The wicked don't have any problems. He said, my foot almost slipped because I kept looking at the wicked people and it seems like they don't have any difficulty. He said, until I went into the presence of the Lord and I was reminded that the end of their life is destruction, but I'll live in your presence forever and ever and ever. There is a reward for you and I as we're faithful to the things of God. In fact, Jesus illustrates this truth in a parable. Turn with me to Luke chapter 16 and verse 19. Again, Luke chapter 16 in verse 19, if you're dyslexic, that'd be 9161 E cool. Someone finally was able to enjoy church. Man, speaking my language. Verse 19, Jesus is illustrating this. He tells a story, a, a parable. Um, and, and, and he goes into it in verse 19. He says, there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen. So he had Gucci all over him. And he lived in luxury. Every day he lived in luxury. Verse 20, at his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus. This is not the same Lazarus that Jesus raised from the dead. This is just another, a, another illustrated man's name. And he says, and this beggar named Lazarus was covered with sores. He longed to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. Verse 22, the time came when the beggar died. And the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. Verse 23, in hell. I'd struggle to believe there wasn't a hell when Jesus says in hell. There was uh, where he was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. Even in hell, he still thinks he's better than Lazarus. Because I am in agony in this fire. And Jesus, illustrating this concept of reward and sacrifice, and God will not be mocked. Whatever man sows, that shall he also give. He responds with this, verse 25, But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things. You lived your whole life for yourself. You made money. You didn't care about nobody else. You let poor people sit outside of your house, and you didn't try to help them one bit. You lived in such luxury that you didn't even feel like caring about other people's needs. And he says, and so you got the things that you wanted in that life while Lazarus received bad things. Now, we don't know what happened to Lazarus. We don't know if he went through a financial breakdown. We don't know if he had a tragedy in his life. Jesus doesn't expand on that part of the story. Just that this man has lost everything. He doesn't even have health care, that the sores are on his body, that he can't even take care of himself, and he doesn't even have enough food to feed himself, and he's begging and pleading for someone to help him financially, help him with a little bit of food because he's starving. And this is, again, being given in ancient times. He says, but now... He is comforted here, and you are in agony there. At some point in Lazarus' life, obviously he gave himself to the Lord God and was obedient and followed the ways of Jesus or the ways of the Lord. And so as a result, when the life came to an end, he was in heaven. Abraham's protection, if you will, the love of 
God surrounding him. And this rich man who had it all, everything he wanted, let, spent the rest of his existence in agony and pain and destruction in hell. And Jesus brings this parable out to teach a very simple concept. And that is if you're faithful to God, God will be faithful to you. That there is a reward for your faithfulness. I need you to grasp that because there are going to be times in your Christian walk, if you haven't experienced them a lot now, you will throughout your Christian walk, where you go, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth that I'm telling the truth and I'm getting in trouble at work when all these other jokers are lying? Is it worth it? And I'm here to tell you it is worth it because there's a great reward. When everyone else, when everyone else is looking up in this great divide where they can't get to the heaven, and but yet they're down in this place of torment, and they look up and they say, why did I not live the way you live? It is your reward is heaven, not to mention the rewards that he'll give us throughout this life. And so with that being said, I want you to understand a couple of benefits, if you will. I want to help you remember what the reward will do for you. I want you to remember the reward. Turn to the person next to you and say, remember the reward. Say it again. Say, remember the reward. So when you're remembering the reward, let me tell you what will happen with you. Number one, it will give you confidence to be a giver. Give you confidence to be a giver. Look what the scripture says in Matthew 6 and 1. Be careful. Do not, excuse me, do not do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by men. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Skip into verse 3. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. God's keeping track every time you've been nice to someone, every time you've been kind, every time you took out of the little bit of money you had left over from that week and you helped somebody else, every time you brought your tithe before the Lord. He says, the Lord will reward you. He will watch out for you. See, whenever you are conscious that there's a reward, then it causes you to be a little bit more confident in being able to give. I can give because I know that the Lord will not owe me anything. He will be sure to reward my sacrifices even as I've sacrificed for him and for his glory and for what he wants done in the earth. He will reward me. The Bible is very clear on that. He says, and he will reward you for every time you've given. It gives you confidence to give. Years ago, I quit college to go to Bible school. The Lord had called me. And so I, so I quit the university and I was going to Bible school and I didn't have any money. My folks had left and went to the mission field, abandoned me, an only child. To my own self. And so I, I got a job at Sam's Wholesale Club. And if any of you guys remember the Sam's Wholesale Club, back in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, they weren't very digitized. And uh, we'd actually roll around on roller skates and bring in things to customers and stuff. I don't know if anybody remembers that far back. And I'd gotten a job there. And part of my job was to stand there at the register. And I, what we would do is we would take everything out of your basket and put it in another basket. And we would call out the SKU codes. We'd call them out, and then someone would sit there at the, at the register, and they would type in the code based on me calling out the SKU code. They would type, type it in, and it would come up on the screen, and, and, of course, it would be added to their purchase. And I would sit there, and I'd call them out, call them out, call them out. I hadn't been there probably two months. Now, here I am. I'm brand new. I'm going to Bible school, and this is a brand new job for me, and I've been there a couple of months. And, and I'll never forget, you know, I got this one, this one little old lady was there, and she had her little money there. She's probably in her 80s and really needed a lot of help, so I'm moving all this stuff. I'm trying to help her. And so I get her, get her finished, and she pays, and she walks out, and, and I'm waiting for some more customers. And the other gal's sitting there at the register, and I notice on the back of the register an envelope. I reached over, and I grabbed this envelope, and inside this envelope was 
um, $2,100 bills, about two grand. Now, when you're a starving Bible school student, $2,000 is a gift from God. <laughs> and I open this up and, and, you know me, I'm a talker and I, I process out loud. You don't ever want to be close to me when I'm processing something I'm mad about because, you know, I may not be as kind of a pastor. Like, he's not a very good pastor because he's rocking. He said, I'm, pro I'm processing out loud. I'm like, this is, look at all this money. This is great. And the gal at the register goes, I'll split it with you. And I look at her and I look at this money and I have this moral dilemma. I need the money really bad. She now knows I have the money, so I can't keep all of it. But at the same time, I know good and well that it's not my money. And I'm pretty sure I remember it being the little old lady who just walked out. And it probably was her money for the entire month to live off of, or maybe even for six months. And I have this moment where I have to make a decision. Do I come into cahoots with Lucifer's daughter, or do I... Or do I be the righteous man that I am and turn this money in? And I'm telling you, I was in a quandary. And then I remembered that the Lord would reward me, reward me for being obedient. And that if I give this money back, that he would find a way to pay for my school bill. Come on, somebody. That he would find. I don't need to be a thief to get ahead. And that if I'm a giver, I have every right to hold on to this by way of the world standards, but not by way of God's standards. And so I sit there before I even knew it come out of me. I said, no, we got to turn this in. And man, she gets to arguing with We can't turn that in. You know the managers are just going to keep it. It's cash. They're going to keep it. It's for us. Aren't you, a, aren't you a Christian? I was like, yeah. She goes, the Lord blessed you. Now, come on, let's go with it. I always pray, oh, God, don't let Christians find my stuff when I lose it. Oh, God, please, God. They're going to think the Lord has blessed them. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 we're going to turn it in. She says, you can't, we're going to turn, I need that money, you need that money. I'm like, no, we're turning it in. Now she's made me mad. Now I'm like, oh, no, we're turning it in. Let's go. We're going to have to throw some hands, but we're going to turn it in. So I go into the manager's office, and I turn it in. Wouldn't you know, within a matter of hours, that sweet little lady came back looking for her money. She had her granddaughter, who was probably in her 30s, helping her look for it, and they found it. And I'm telling you what, they gave me a great reward. You know what it was? I think she gave me $5 or something for finding her money. I don't know, something there. Can I tell you, that little girl gave me misery for the next few weeks. There's the preacher. There's the preacher. Oh, yeah, he's holier than all of us. And at first, I just want to smack her upside the head. But I just kept praying, and I kept praying. Stay with me. And then there was another reward. Because by suffering through all of her judgment, I stood righteously and stood for what God stood for. I didn't steal the money. I didn't take it for myself. Not only within a couple of weeks from that moment did someone give me finances to pay for my school bill, but within about a month or two, that young lady came to me, and she goes, you're the only real Christian I know. I'm going through something right now. Would you pray with me? And I got to pray with her. Let me tell you something. There's a reward. He rewards those who earnestly seek him, 
Come on, our key scripture, you must believe that he is and that he rewards those. If you can't believe that he exists, then you can't believe that he rewards. If you believe that he exists, then you have to believe that he rewards. So there is our faithfulness will give us a return, an ROI, or a return on our investment. As I'm faithful to the Lord, he's faithful to me. As I give out of myself to be obedient to him, he gives out of himself to take care of me. Are you tracking with me? Say yes. So here's the second big truth you got to understand. And I want you to remember I want to remember the reward because in the time of difficulty, I need you to understand by remembering the reward, the second thing it will do for you is to strengthen you in the midst of your trials. I'm going through something right now, but I know that God will see me through. And I know he will reward me for being faithful to him. Let me give you Matthew, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. It says, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be ministered, excuse me, mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. So he was mistreated because he chose to go God's way instead of the simple way of living in Pharaoh's place and in Pharaoh's courts and being rich and wealthy while the Jewish people are dying off. Continuing on, it says he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. I want you to know when you're going through something, you need to look ahead to the reward that God will bring you through it. And not only that, but he'll reward you for your faithfulness in the midst of trial. When you're going through a trial, you need to remind yourself, you know what, there's a trophy on the other end of this. There's a trophy. There's a ring on the other end of this. There's a, there's a blessing. There's a $500,000. Come on. There is a reward for being faithful and fighting through and being consistent with the Lord my God. There is a reward. Years ago in Louisiana, I was a youth pastor. We had one of the largest youth groups in the United States. But I had this passion for the Lord to reach young people. And I figured out statistically that the largest gathering of young people throughout the day were in the public school system. And so I began to appeal to principals. Could I come in? As a local youth pastor, could I start Christian clubs with young people? And I got resistance after resistance after resistance after resistance. And none of the principals, whether they didn't trust us or whether they had other agendas or whether they just didn't want to fool with the, with the messiness of what might would happen if we started, you know, helping kids get closer to God. I have no idea. But they resisted. I mean, one year after another year. And I would always sit in front of the executive pastors and we would plan out our year. And like, what are we believing God for? What's our big faith things that we're believing for? And I would kept telling them, I'm believing to get in the public school systems. I want to help kids and I can't necessarily get them to come to the church but I can go to them and they're there in the public school system and I just want to go to them. I want to love on them. I want to help them find Jesus. I want to help them through the suicidal tendencies and all the mess that they're going through and a year after year, two years, three years, five years nothing. Couldn't get a breakthrough and one day I get a phone call from the mayor's office and the mayor's office says, hey listen um, the mayor is getting together a bunch of uh, leaders who have influence in young people's lives because he wants to do something for the city. And so I sit in this meeting with the mayor and the, and the, and the youth uh, uh, director of the Catholic diocese for that region, uh, uh, the Boys and Girls Club director and, and the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts director. We're sitting in this room with the mayor and he says, listen, I want to teach young people character because I realize if they don't know character, they don't have morality, that they're going to grow up as, as adults and they're going to create more crime and more theft and all this kind of stuff. And so if we can reach them when they're kids and we're like, this is what we do. Yes, sir. And he goes, so and so how do we teach them character? And I stepped up in a moment and I said, what if you let me go to public schools and do character clubs? 
and I'll teach kids that's volunteering. They can do it, you know, between uh, in their on their lunch shifts or early morning before school or after school. He said, "What do you need to make that happen?" I said, "I need a letter from you to every principal." We finished the meeting, and his secretary walked up, and I had stacks of letters with the name of every principal in the city, saying, "Dear Mr. So and So, the mayor has asked that you let." Pastor Adam McCain start Christian, excuse me, character clubs in your school. I started walking into um, to principal's offices and they're like, you don't have an appointment with me. What are you doing here? I said, I just, just wanted to give you that right there. Just want to give you that. I just am a delivery person. And they would read it and they would say, Mr. McCain, come sit down with us. Let's see how we can make this happen. And within a year, after five years of believing, five years of working hard, and there was nothing and we were getting nowhere in a moment. The Lord rewarded every prayer, every time of fasting, every time that I cried out to the Lord, every meeting that I had that I got rejected, every time I cast vision to a young person, we can take your school one day, we can do this. Every one of those rejections and misappropriations all of a sudden came to a close and in one moment, within a matter of months, we were in every public school system. Our smallest club had 50 kids and our largest had 150 kids and we were winning people to Jesus like crazy and transforming the school systems because all the wicked kids were getting right with God and we're teaching them how not to be overcome by their anger and don't have to bully other people and they don't have to act sexually like that, that they can love this way instead of loving the old world way of perversion and wickedness and it began to turn schools around in one moment. Why? Because I'd been faithful. And this was the reward of my faithfulness. Are you with me today? Say yes. Be faithful to that job. God will reward you. Be faithful to that marriage. God will reward you. Be faithful to those kids, even though they don't even live with you anymore. Be faithful, sir. Be faithful to those kids. I know they, stay, they live with their mama, but be faithful to them, and God will reward you. Listen to me. He is a God who rewards. We must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do you believe that? Say yes. You will by the end of this message. Here's number three. Remembering, he's like, my God, I get it. No, you're not. Wait till I'm done. Remembering the reward. Here's the third thing it'll do for you, and that is it'll free you from comparison. It'll free you from comparison. Proverbs eleven eighteen: the evil man gets rich for the moment, but the good man's reward lasts forever. You don't need to be anybody but you, boo. You can't change all the problems of the world, but if you'll just be faithful to your family, if you'll just be faithful to your job, to your neighborhood, to love the people that God's put in your life, I promise you, you will be rewarded. You say, oh, I need to go save all the wells. Do you have any wells in your backyard? Worry about your backyard first. I mean, I'm all about you. Yeah, let's do some big things, but at the end of the day, if you're faithful in what God's attached to your life, it'll keep you from looking at everybody else going, I, I wonder if I, they're doing this. And I, I, I got so free from comparing my life to everybody else's life, the moment I realized he's going to reward me for the obedience of what I was called to do, not what they were called to do. I can't fix what they did or didn't do right. And, and, and that's a, you're right, there's a big problem. And Jesus qualified this one time when he said, listen, the poor you'll have with you always. 
Because Judas was trying to make some kind of pitch about how the money could have been used. When she broke over the alabaster jar and she poured it all over Jesus. And Judas got all mad and said, we could have used that money to help poor people. And Jesus said, you'll have the poor with you always. What this woman did was in her purview. It was in her ability. And she honored me and she blessed me. And as a result, no one will ever forget her name. She'll go down in history as one of the greatest women of God in the history of the world. And Judas gets slapped in the face. Why? Because he was trying to get Jesus to give him him the money so he could keep ooh, keep stealing it and Jesus said no, I, 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 no sir I won't be put up, I won't put up with that and he goes and you're not going to use this argument that there's a bigger need out there and let me tell you something do what you're called to do be good at what you're called to be good at you don't have to be what everybody else is. you don't have to be Pastor Adam McCain you don't have to be this one or that one just be you and do the best you can and if you're faithful in that you know the Lord's going to reward me for being a good dad that's all I got right now I don't have a church no one's calling me to come preach for them I'm just going to be a good dad if you're faithful with that he will reward you in your faithfulness and it frees you from having to be like everybody else I don't need to be like them I don't need to look like them I don't need to talk like them be faithful in what God made you to be and who God made you to be and as you're doing it'll free you from having to sit around comparing yourself to everybody else and you're scrolling through go oh man I wish I could do that oh I wish I could do you just look and I'm gonna just be who God made me to be and I'm gonna be faithful and in my faithfulness he will reward me. Are you there today? Say yes. yes. Come on, are you with me? Say yes. yes. A few years ago, I was before the Lord and I was asking him, I said, Lord, I, I have given you everything. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. I said, Lord, I've given you everything. Everything. I've laid down. I've get, uh, Jamie and I are still top givers in this church. Crazy. Just, just, we just give it all because we want, we want our church blessed. We want, we want people growing and reaching more people for Jesus. And, and I was before the Lord and I came across that passage that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And I just told him, I said, Lord, I don't have anything to lead to my children's children. A good name, character, integrity, a godly life. But this is actually talking about resources, Lord. And I want my children to be able to build from some place. And, uh, and so I just I said, Lord, I put it in your hands. Now, Back in the day, I was a traveling guy, and I traveled all over the world, and I preached in, in, in front of stadiums and things like that, and our product sales were real big and all that, and I had laid that down to plant this church. And I said, Lord, I'll do it. I'll plant a church for you, and uh, I don't have to be the big-name guy anymore. I don't have to be on Christian television and writing books and all that. Lord, I'll just I'll do that. You ask me to, I'll do it. But, Lord, is there any reward for this sacrifice? That's where I was at a couple years ago. And uh, next thing I know, Jamie and I get a phone call from a sweet lady in the city. And she goes, hey, I have this piece of rental property. It's bad. But we believe that you guys love this city enough that you won't just doze it. I want to sell it to you. And she sold me this little house. Um, and, and the bank gave me a loan on it, which was a miracle. <clears throat> and we bought this little house, this little two-bedroom house. And for an investment property, I didn't know anything about this kind of stuff. I didn't do this kind of work. I was, I was a preacher. I was a, a you know, miracle guy. I moved in miracles and supernatural and studied the word. And we bought this little house. And every day after church, every day after being up here at the office, it's 5, 6 o'clock. I go over this little house, and I just start fixing it up. I, I mean, listen, all my tools were green. Come on, man. <laughs> that was the kind of tools I had. And, uh, and so... And so I, I didn't really know how to do anything. I watched a lot of YouTube videos, and we fixed up this little house. It took us about six months, and I did it myself. And what I didn't know how to do, I, I found somebody, many times men in the church, 
a couple men have, have contract companies and they would help me and, and point me in the right direction and, and, and come over and volunteer some time to help me. And I was just like, oh my God, this is a miracle. And I want you to know, we fixed up that little house and that little house doubled in value. And it gave me a little bit of worth that I didn't have. And I'm not talking about lots of money, but for us, you know, ten, twenty thousand dollars is a lot of money. And I was like, God, look how you did this. And I'll tell you why. He rewarded me because I was faithful in what I had. Not what I used to have. Come on, somebody. Not about, not about what everybody else is doing that's, you know, that I used to run with in ministry. But what did he tell me to do? And he let me love this city and love the surrounding Mansfield and, and Arlington and Cedar Hill and Duncanville and DeSoto and Midlothian, Waxhat, all in Forney, all out these areas. He said, love these people. And so I said, okay. And there's a reward in that. And let me tell you something. Now we've got a couple other little houses. This lady said, you did so good with that one. I want to sell you this one. And I'm telling you, God has blessed me. Now, when I'm in there, Working on these little houses with sweat coming down my brow, stinking to high heaven, rat poo, I'm cleaning out up from under these sinks. Come on now, we're talking about old little houses. I get to thinking sometimes, I'm Pastor Adam McCain. What am I doing? I have a hard time comparing myself to the prophecies that I was going to be this great man. Are you with me? This great man of God who's going to change the world. But I'm being faithful to what's right there in front of me. And it is so liberating. And he is rewarding that faithfulness one after another. Do you, boo, whatever God's put in front of you, be faithful with it. And he will reward you. Are you still with me? Say yes. And that brings me to the fourth piece I want you to understand. If you'll concentrate on the reward, if you'll remember the reward, here's the other thing it will do for you. It will give you purpose in the midst of your suffering. It'll give purpose to the suffering that you're going through. I've got a family right now. I love them with all my heart. Young couple, they're phenomenal. And they're going through the most suffering difficulty because they've got a child that's been diagnosed with cancer. And every day, it's, li it's live or die. Every day, it's backward and forward. Every day, they're sitting there talking to doctors. And, trying, and this little child is suffering. They're suffering as a family. Imagine their faith is so, so stretched right now. Lord, how do I trust you in this? this is so, I don't know how we're going to pay bills and sit here at the hospital all day long and work job. They are in this difficulty. And I want you to understand that there can be purpose in suffering if we'll remember the reward. Look what Hebrews chapter 10 says and, and the writer of Hebrews is speaking to the early church and he says remember those early days after you had received the light after you became a Christian when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering you know how they were attacking you and they were, they were stealing from you and they were killing your children sometimes you were publicly exposed to insults and persecution and at other times you stood side by side with those who were being threatened you sympathized with those in prison because you were in prison with them and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that, your, uh, th that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. He's, he's, he's reminding them, listen, you've already been through a lot. They've taken your houses from you. They literally put you in prison, and you have suffered a lot. But remember, in those moments, you had an understanding of the reward that was awaiting you because you did not bow, because you did not turn away from the faith, because you stayed faithful to Jesus and his teaching, because you stayed faithful. There is a reward. Remember, there's a reward. And he says, I want to remind you one more time. He says, he says persevere so that, you, so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. I want you to understand. Nine months ago, not one Major League Baseball franchise was going over to the Rangers to study what they were doing. Come on. 
Hey, man, we're in a rebuilding season. And we think the Rangers are going to be great. We want to study you. We're going to change some of the things we're doing and do it like the Rangers did it. Not one was doing that. But let me tell you now what's about to happen. Everybody in a rebuilding season is going to be like, can we, can we get a meeting with y'all? Yep. We want to find out how did you turn it around. Yep. We, we want to know how did you go from not being very good to being the champions. What did you go through? What did you do? Listen, every sacrifice, every bit of difficulty you're going through, there are going to be people down the road that go, can you help me? Can you help me rebuild my life? I saw what you did, that you stood faithful and God rewarded you in that. I want to know, can you show me how to walk that thing out? Listen, everything you're going through, every trial, every tribulation, every bit of suffering, let me tell you something, there's a reward for that. And men and women will come to you and go, show me how. This whole world is so confused on where right and wrong and righteousness and unrighteousness is, you stay the course and they will come to you and say, show me how you did it. Show me how you did it. I want my life to be like your life. When they see that your kids love you and they love Jesus, even though you guys have been through hell and back, even though you've made mistakes in your past, and they say, how did you do that? They're going to come to you. They're going to say, I know that you're not rich and I know that you're not like this big name business person, but your kids love you. Your wife looks at you with adoration. And what did you go through? How did you get from there to here? And you're going to be able to say, listen, I stayed the course. I kept on serving God. Even when it got difficult, I knew that there would be a reward if I would be faithful. And I kept faithful. And here's my reward, that my kids love Jesus, that me and my wife love each other, that I got a church family around me, that I got all my needs are met according to his riches and glory. I don't have any real big needs. Our food's on the table. We got a roof over our head. We got decent jobs. God has been good to us because we've been faithful to him. Are you with me today? Say yes. Remember the reward. Remember the reward as you're going through pain and dealing. Remember there's a reward in your suffering. He will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. He will be faithful to you, even as you're faithful to him. Years ago, one of the couples in our church came to me and the wife was done. She said, I'm done. He's just sitting there. And she says, done. I, I don't, I don't want to live like this anymore. And I said, what's the problem? And she goes, he won't get a job. And then he goes into it. He goes, when I was young, I was prophesied over that God would use my music to touch people's lives. And he goes, and, and when we first married, you know, I worked construction to pay the bills and so forth like that. He goes, but here I am at this age. Come on, we all face this. I'm at this age. And this dream, this vision is nowhere closer than it's ever been. And I just need to focus on my music. I just got to, and, I, and if I don't do it now, I'll never get to do it. And I looked him dead in his eyeball, and I said, the Bible says if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. I said, you are making your wife carry the load of that, and it's burning her out, and it's destroying your marriage. And the Bible says for you to love your wife as Christ loves the church and gave himself up for her. Jesus laid down all of his riches and glory to come be like a man, to be in our level. I need you to lay aside every dream, and you just need to be faithful to your family. And in that moment, he received it. He said, yes, sir. It's the word of the Lord. I'll do it. And he went and got a job. In two years, they started going to this church. It wasn't our church anymore. Our church had, had been through some transition. I was associate pastor. He went to this other church. Within two years, first thing they did is they asked him if he'd start playing on the worship team. And within two years... He designed some things that all of a sudden exploded a business. He was able to stop doing construction work. 
He started playing professionally at all these, all these concerts and things like that. He was using his music. People were coming to Christ because of it, all because he was faithful. And in his faithfulness to what the Bible says, God came around and he rewarded him. I want you to know there's a reward for your faithfulness. The enemy right now across the globe is trying to steal Christians from being faithful to God. Trying to tease you and, and get you over here and taking shortcuts and, and not living what the Bible says how to live and not, uh, not really loving your Jesus, not praying and not, and not engaging with him, not being faithful to the church, not being faithful to the tithe, not being faithful to your spouse, not being faithful to mom and dad. All these lies that this world is caught up in. And I'm here to remind you there's a reward if you'll be faithful. Remember the reward. Remember the reward. The other night, when the Rangers threw that last pitch and got that last out, every one of us were like, it happened. I can't believe it happened. But if you ask any of them, they would be like, it's about time it happened. <laughs> we're all, because we, we hadn't been in the gym working out with them. We hadn't been de- doing two-a-days during the off-season. We, we weren't doing They were faithful, and they got the reward of their faithfulness. And I want you to know God will do the same for you. Would you stand with me all across the room?